All right, welcome back to Sidious Mag Live at World's Day 8. We're almost there, Kyle. Presented by ASICS. It's been this morning. Uh, we were at the, well, I was at the marathon on, out on the course. You were watching. We did a watch along party. And uh, tomorrow we'll get to rock all of our ASICS gear as we run in the, it was supposed to be a community 10K. It's been shortened to a 6K. Yeah, I asked for that. Yeah. You, yeah, you asked. <laughs> Put it in the request. I was like, what if we did less? Yeah. And uh, the apparel looks awesome. Uh, Mac, throw that shirt over uh, to me. We'll show the camera real quick. Uh, this is going to be like my, my souvenir that I'll take away from uh, the World Championships. Nice red A6 World Championships 2023 shirt. Speaking of souvenirs, I'm having a big conundrum. Also, we have a guest sitting next to us. I don't even know if he's been on screen yet, but we'll, we'll get to you, Cole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big problem right now is I got last year a little stuffed legend doll from Eugene, and I wanted to get a little stuffed Yuhu doll for my daughter as a, you know, this is where your dad's been, <laughs> if you remember him. And they're, they've apparently been such a hit that they sold out of them really quickly, but we might be getting a new shipment in. So that's, right. I don't know. That's going to be thought I'd share. Yeah, that's, that's my takeaway. Cole Hawker is joining us. Uh, just finished seventh in the 1,500-meter final here at World Championships. You're taking away with you a new personal best. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, definitely. Like a lot of... <laughs> A lot of uh, good takeaways from from the race so far, but yeah. Overall, I mean, like, there's people out there calling it the greatest 1500, the one of the best ever. I mean, you've been at the Tokyo Olympics and you've been in this race. I mean, how did the two kind of compare from, from your experience? Yeah, that's like a big takeaway from this meet, because um, you know, you only it's hard to get into these global level races, um, especially when. Like last year, I was injured. I mean, that completely takes you off the world rankings. Like you're, you're dreaming if you think you're gonna get a diamond league. And I learned that the hard way. Um, last year was just it was humbling. And then um, <clears throat> this year, you know, dealing with injuries as well. But you know, getting back to this level and uh, getting into another global championship like that um, is a really good opportunity. And each time I've done a big race like that, whether it's Prefontaine or Tokyo or here I come away with it learning a lot um and comparing it to Tokyo I just immediately after the race told my coach I was like Tokyo I felt like I was getting drug along like I felt like my head was back you know like when I kick my head goes back but I felt like that was back from like 800 into the race in Tokyo and in here I felt like on top of it like the entire time and um that, that's really a good thing for my confidence I think going forward just because I was ready to make moves um you know, there's some tactical errors that's easy to look at now in retrospect. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, coming off of that, compared to Tokyo, that race was way better. And, you know, I ran faster at a place worse, but uh, I think that just shows, like, the level now. And also, comparing it to Tokyo, that field was destroyed. Like, it was just a string of get who you can. And here it was, like, everyone's there with 200 to go. It's pretty cool. What do you attribute that difference in the last two years the ability to actually be in the race rather than just holding on for you know the last 800 yeah it's kind of hard to say right now um one thought is i was coming off of a very long collegiate season um and i think college athletes you know speaking from experience you can be so sharp like just race so so often i think you saw that with wascom this year like i i had a feeling going into usa i was like 
that's probably someone I, I want to look out for because I know that feeling like you're just sharp. Um, but then worlds was a month and a half after that. And it's like, at a certain point it does catch up to you. Um, and I think that might've happened at, uh, Tokyo a little bit, even though I was, I was really confident feeling really good. And I still ran 331, but <clears throat> this year, um, even a more truncated season, uh, injuries were just now coming into form. I feel like, yeah. Did you have a chance before the final to want go back and watch the other heats or was it just focusing on your own race and then approaching the final based off of what you know from the field from, you know, some of these other diamond leagues that you competed in? Yeah. You mean like, did I watch like the yeah, heats the here? Other, yeah. The other heats. Yeah. I saw, I was watching one, I watched uh yards. He was right before mine uh, at the semi. I was like, yeah, he looked strong. He ran it from the front. Like, um, obviously like I think everyone knew that he was like, he was going to be in there. Um, but I don't think there's that much to take away from the heats, like in, in studying those. I definitely watched last year's Worlds. Um, and I think it played out very similar. Um, as far as the field was there, Josh Kerr, obviously, like another British guy beating Jakob in the same manner. Like, it's pretty identical to last last year, um, comparing those races. And I wanted to run that race. My plan was to run it a little differently than what happened. But, um yeah, studying those definitely helped and, like, yeah, get my mind where it needed to be. Of course, coming in, especially once you're in the final, you know, you probably wanted a medal or, you know, you're a fighter. You probably wanted to win. But now that a few days have passed and especially looking at the whole scope of the season and, you know, where it started and where it's ended up, how are you feeling about seventh in the personal best? Yeah, that's that's a big thing. Like, that's my big takeaway from um, this whole championships just like seventh if you would have told me that in March when I wasn't running on land like that would have made me so happy like <laughs> and it's just crazy like I, I was down like I was really down um for like a couple months there because it, it just like sucked and all I wanted to do like last year watching worlds I was like I don't even as long as I'm healthy like it made me realize like as long as I'm healthy and I can just compete then I'm happy and I was able to compete here. Um, and yeah, once you get into, once I got through USA's, I'm like, oh, I want a medal. Like, I want to get gold as well. Like, why would I not? Um, and then you go through the rounds, and yeah, we're all competitors. And I switch, switch my mindset to I'm fully healthy. I'm fully where I need to be. I'm fully fit. Like, yeah, I think, I think a medal was possible, like, even where I'm at right now um, and how I felt in the race. But um, you know, everything's got to be perfect. Um, but yeah, I'm happy considering it all like seventh is awesome. That's like a, a flip yeah. of the switch a little bit. Whereas, you know, the first race out in Portland, you go in, you're like, I just want to run 338. And then you run 334. Mm -hmm. Is that when it's like, all right, stop being focused on the injury. We're back to competing. Yeah. And yeah, that race in Portland was uh, honestly, like, sounds funny, but it, I feel like it was a gift from God. Like I was like, a fraction under that world standard I, like and I didn't really I didn't run a 15 after that I probably would have obviously to get that standard but I went into that race just like I was telling myself like this is probably just gonna be bad like just get it <laughs> get, get it done with like I had not done any real workouts up until that point um and yeah just like kind of the same thing like flip of the switch mindset in the race I just like felt like myself, like 400 to go, like I was just holding on. And then I was like, just like the competitor mindset changed. And 
yeah, I was able to run pretty fast there. Um, and I was like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> I, I guess that like, this is a world final. The moments beforehand, I'm sure, I mean, you're still young and this is only, you know, your second global championship final. In terms of nerves, are you more nervous there or that June 4th race in Portland, Oregon, where you're thinking like, I don't know how this can go. Yeah, without a doubt, um, I would say way more nervous at USA's, um, okay. like tenfold. Um, just like there's all like now in your pro, there's there's money on it, and obviously like I don't do this for the money. Like it's I, awesome, isn't it? It's awesome it's <laughs> to get more money, exactly, <laughs> all and not lose money. Like yeah, that's, that's even worse. <laughs> also very motivating. <laughs> yeah. Don't lose money. Um, but yeah, like that first race, super nerve wracking. Um, and up till now, like, I feel like it's been, I feel like my back's been against the wall this season, just like mentally, I feel like I've been clawing through this season, just like doing what I can. Um, like that first race in Portland, I was like, just go out there. It's going to be like dirty, like be gritty and get it done. And, you know, a good result came of that. And then I, I got in some eight hundreds, like the next following weekends. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, 800 is always hard, especially when you're not uh, fully in shape. Like that, just like so jarring that that speed for me. Um, and I just like kept getting it done. And you know, at USA's, I felt like my back was against the wall again. I was like thinking, just as like a competitor and athlete, you just you try to filter out all those negative thoughts, and like a lot of it comes from how you think people perceive you. Um, like I. I don't want to miss two global championships in a row. Like I know how good I am as an athlete and that's just not where I saw my career going at all. And of course you can't control some things in the sport. I've learned that now, but yeah, back against the wall of USA's and I was, I got it done and it was a huge relief. And then moving on to here, like I felt the same way. I was like, I didn't come all the way this way, not to make it out of the, the first rounds. And then I was like in the semi, I'm feeling really good going into it. I need to make that final again. And then in the final, same thing. I want to get a medal, but yeah, that's just the way it goes. How much confidence did you take from, you know, this is a pretty often overlooked result between USA's and, and now you ran a 3K, personal best, 742 um, for for outdoor. Uh, now for you, I guess, like what did you take away from that that made you feel like you were ready for, for Worlds? Yeah, that, that was big because um, – um, my training partner, James Gormley, paced me through 2K, which was a huge help. Like, I didn't do it completely solo, but that last K was completely solo. And, yeah, I ran 739 indoors. Um, I know I can run a faster 3K than that, but doing that solo in, like, the middle of a training week, um, that was that was really good. Because um, my we like to do a 5K or over distance um, at, at some point in the buildup. And... Like I said, like with this truncated season and build up, we didn't get to hit all those areas we wanted. And so that was kind of an effort uh, to get that <clears throat> over distance. And I think it went really well. And I was, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, 742 is pretty good doing it mostly solo. In the beginning of your career, and you might say otherwise, but you made it look kind of easy. You know, like coming, successful high school career, beginning of college, it was just like, yeah, Cole's really talented. Like, uh, maybe it wasn't easy. It was really fun to watch. And then after Tokyo, you know, you finally hit some bumps in the road along the way. And now you've proven that you can come back from bumps in the road. How foundational is that 
year going to be in the long term of your career? Because you're 21? I'm 22. 22? Yeah. yeah. So you've yeah. got... You've got a while left to go. So how important will that be in the long term? Yeah, you were watching Worlds last year from the stands. Yeah, yeah. That was, without going into it, that was super painful. Yeah. <laughs> really? I hated that. You can go now. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that, to add to not making Worlds that year was in my back, like two blocks from my house in USA for the first time. It was just not ideal, um, but there was a lot of, uh, you know, introspective moments um, of the past year and a half. Um, it, like what you said, having like a, a perfect buildup in 2021. I'd, I call that a perfect season. Um, and then looking at the next year, far from perfect. Um, and then this year is not horrible, not fantastic. Um, and I do feel like I've been rounded out as an athlete um, to sports humbling i think everyone has their time if you haven't been humbled yet you will be um and you will be multiple times like and i, I just think that makes me so much better yeah unbelievable right now just the depth of the 1500 i mean you look at london how fast every single guy ran what is the margin of error or like what is the difference between the guys who are finishing first and the guys who are maybe not even making the final here like especially when everyone's you know, final 1500 bests are so close together. Yeah. I think like I, like I said, comparing that race to Tokyo is like, should be really eye opening. Like the field was way strung out in Tokyo. The winner, the winning time wasn't that, it was half a second or so faster. Um, and then you look at this race and it's, everyone's there with a hundred to go. Um, but yeah, like I think there are, there's guys that I was looking at the, start list um going into the meet and i'm like there's a lot of guys here. there's way more than 12 guys here that are world final caliber runners um i was like oh it's not gonna be me that doesn't make it so. <laughs> be someone but it ain't me <laughs> so like you just like yeah, that just should show you like how tight it is um and i like it's easy to say after the race is done but just being in the race and feeling it um there's just some just split second decisions that you can make. And I feel like I could make, um, that separates that from a seventh place to a podium finish. Um, I was right behind Kerr 400 in, and I told myself in the race, stay behind him and he'll get to the front. And I don't know what happened. I lost them. <laughs> but it it just, is funny. If you watch the race, it's very, all of a sudden Josh is at the front. I he, lost him too. Yeah. You're not the first person. I, I think Yard was sitting in your seat and like also told us like he was watching Josh. <laughs> Josh disappeared and now he's up in the front. So it's, Sneaky. yeah, it's, it's those decisions that, that separate, um, winning gold and, or finishing out of the top five or top 10. And yeah. What's the first thing Ben said to you when you spoke to him after finishing? <laughs> I think he said so close, <laughs> which, but he was, he was really happy with it. Um, I think he just knows like what I can do. Um, and I think he just meant so close to executing perfectly. Um, the first two rounds were like perfectly executed. Um, and yeah, I think he, he was happy with it. He's happy with the way I ran it. Um, just, uh, yeah, like I think he just knows what I can do, and and he's like, he's just got to go, go for it. But we're both learning. So when sometimes when 
you enter college, it's kind of this idea of like you run for a coach, right? Like you're a teenager, bright eyes, you show up and it's like, you want to run for that coach? You want to impress him? You know, you want to show him how good you are, that you're worth that scholarship. But then when you're a professional, it kind of shifts a little bit more to being a partnership and a little bit more back to forth, back and forth and working together. When did that happen? Because you were still new in your relationship together when you decided to turn professional. Yeah, that was that's definitely the case. When I got to Oregon, I wanted to want to impress him. I wanted to impress my teammates also. Um, and that's one thing I always say that he was really good at was easing me into that training and not just throwing me to the wolves. Um, but yeah, now it's been uh, four years now with him as my coach, um, and it's changed it shifted but at the same time like my all my training partners were coached by him in college as well so it kind of just feels like we still have the same dynamic um, pretty much I think just gives us a little bit more freedom um, knows that we're not being made to do this (laughs) that we want to do this uh, which is good Um, but yeah he's he's always there at practices he he's hands-on but at the same time he's not gonna I don't know, critique things that don't need to be critiqued. Like I, I see some coaches doing, um, I'm just, he just lets us run. He knows how we run, how we perform best. And, uh, he just lets us come into ourselves like that. I was just wondering, just really, and I was like looking through to the guys who finished ahead of you. Cause I was thinking, I was like, man, like it's tough being an American 1500 guy because you really do have to peak at USA's and then find a way to train and then peak again here. Whereas there maybe I think two or three of the guys ahead of you, we're just named to the team. Um, and it's sort of like, do you ever kind of think about that? Where it's sort of like, man, it's tough to just like, why can't, why, why couldn't, I mean, obviously the pride of being an American and representing the U.S., but it's sort of like the, like if other countries have it easier. 100%. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, that was a 329 if you didn't yeah. have two hard races under you. Yeah. No, I think like ever every U.S. athlete and pro- mostly like British, the 15 team is equally yeah. is, is hard to make, if not harder. But um, even there, they have selections as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely talked about that with some, some Team USA athletes, like teammates. Um, we're like, oh, it's so like it's so easy. Like some people already like know they're going to Paris, and I'm right. like, must be nice. <laughs> must be nice because. <laughs> USA athletes got a, got a long way to go and you got to, you got to prove it, uh, like a month before that, the time that you actually really want to prove it. Um, but also at the same time, it's like, oh yeah, the pride of being us, like I would obviously not want to do, do any other country, but, um, you know, you know, you're ready. Um, and you do have to peak for USA's, but, uh, I think, I think there's a way to do it. Obviously, um, if you're good, you're good and you're going to make the team and you're going to keep getting good. We always talk about your races, you know, I see you in the mix zone afterwards, but I'm curious to know you as a trainer, like, are you a good training partner? Do you like training or are you just here for the racing? I, I think I'm a good training partner. Actually, yeah, you, you could ask, him, but hey, I don't think I'm a, I'm no workout warrior or anything. Uh, that's another, like, we don't do crazy reps, crazy times. Uh, I think someone asked me like, some reporter asked me after one of the rounds about a workout I did and it was, it was like a 220k which is like people a ton of people do that like you can do that but um it was within a workout and 
I just, it was a couple of weeks ago and I was just like, this feels like really relaxed. Um, and it's kind of how our sessions are. It's not, you don't, you don't bust out a, you know, like a, a two seventeen or something and, uh, run something crazy. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy training. Like I enjoy the grinds, um, and, you know, having some time not racing, like, <laughs> I can get into that. If I have a three week block of training, I can put my head down and dial in on all the little things. I enjoy that part of it. Um, but I, I really like racing. Like that's, that's where most of the fun comes from. So now I guess like, obviously looked, you looked at this race pretty hard when it came to, you know, figuring out training plans and peaking the rest of the season, I guess like, what do you want to try and accomplish? Yeah. I, th- I think, Got a couple diamond leagues, more experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been, I wasn't confirmed for Zurich until after the final. They really made me work for it, <laughs> uh, but understandably so. It's like everyone, everyone's good and everyone wants to get into that race. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I want to, I want to optimize those chances, those opportunities, because um, they, they're not, they're not handed to you. Um, and so I really want to go after something, uh, really fast, but also just run a good race. Like I, I think I learned so much from a race a couple of days ago um, and where I see myself finishing in a race like that. And uh, just based on how I felt, I feel like I have a lot more there. Um, and that was like a, it was run. It wasn't an even split race as well. Um, and if you look at most of the, the super fast diamond league, they're much more evenly split. Um, and so I think, the right race, it can be a really fast time. Um, but I just really want to compete as well. Yeah. So you just ran a personal best in the 1500. Which of your personal best, everyone has one, which personal best do you hate the most? Where you're like, I just want, like, get rid of that one. <laughs> I have uh, them right here in front of me. Fine. Yeah. So you've what's got... your least favorite? So I just think, I think my, my 800 you can go like 143 yeah <laughs> and you're like why have yeah. I got 146 <laughs> as of right it's, now the 800s are really frustrating for me like at least this is the past like month or, so, or like three months where i've if i can run 330 i'm like i, I know i can <laughs> run so much faster than that <laughs> the problem is you always do it when you're in like full training right? yeah it's like exactly you're, you're never peaking for the eight yeah yeah so that that one is really getting on my nerves. <laughs> I, I I think 146 was really good for like my 2021 season. I was like, okay, 146, and I ran like 13. Well, that season I ran like 13, 19, and then I ran 13.08 last season. Um, and I also would like I I think I can go sub 13 in the 5K um, with just focusing on that a little bit more. Um, that would be really nice just to get under that get under that'd be cool to be in the club or whatever uh, the, uh, 145 <laughs> 330 13 flat club. yeah i think that's like yeah. legat yeah i yeah, think that's Lagat. like legitimately like americans uh yeah, yeah let me see Probably. well actually bernard Lagat maybe didn't did he do that in the eight as oh an no yeah he didn't run under 145 in the eight that is a very very i think there's like a 10 or 11 people someone in the, in the chat. world all, all, yeah all time yeah I'll, I'll do some research. Yeah, we'll, we'll follow up and we'll <laughs> let you know who's who's in the club. Yeah, but, I mean, you would be a really unique athlete. I feel like I'm on the cusp of yeah. 
all of those times. Yes. Obviously, obviously, you have to focus on that one event, and you got to be striking on that day to get it each each one of those. But yeah, you never ran under thirteen. Yeah, Bernard Lagat's <laughs> actual uh, eight hundred meter PR is just one forty six flat, right from two thousand three. So before the <laughs> allegiance switch too so so uh right now do you feel really fresh because you had that late start to the season like some people are holding on for dear life coming into the world champs even though they're supposed to be peaking with the late start are you like all right like i could do this for another few months yeah i think um just coming off of three races uh, uh, just like a little a little banged up but yeah just again the way i felt in the final like i i just felt I felt fresh in that race and yeah, I feel fresh now. I haven't, I've only raced a handful of times at like actual race effort. Um, so yeah, that gives me a lot of confidence, like especially, especially if everything goes smoothly until pre, um, that's even like a little bit from now over, over two weeks from now. So, um, you know, that amount of time you can, you can dial in on some more stuff and, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to keep going forward. When we had Yared on here, uh, it went in so many different directions and we talked about just sort of like the day of the race, like the 15 final waking up. There's a lot of time to kill. <laughs> what are you doing in that time? He was, he said his roommate was gone. He wasn't watching TV. He was reading his book and playing the Rubik's cube for hours. What were you doing? I told this to my girlfriend. I think I set a record for like the most YouTube shorts, Instagram reels. <laughs> It was just like, it was a straight brain rot like all day. I, I actually like hated it. I, it's it's too much time to kill. And sometimes I read a book, but even that, like I, I didn't, I couldn't get myself to read a book. I was just like, I don't want to think about anything. <laughs> I just like let my brain just stroll through these reels for hours. I feel like I I'd brought so many books on trips <laughs> to like race it. It's like on the day of like. It's way too much work. You need to become a vegetable. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, like yeah, my brain's like working when I'm reading. I can't can't have that. Even watching like <laughs> Law and Order is too much because you're like, who did it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad when I catch myself listening to a podcast and scrolling through. I'm like, okay, I gotta eliminate one of these. <laughs> this is actually so bad. So yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to put my phone down now. After that, I feel like. Just with the the rounds too, it was just the same same thing on those days. It was bad. Are you going to the track now and cheering everyone on? And um, I I haven't I didn't get to I haven't been no since the race. I was probably gonna go tonight, um, but I was just like finally seeing Budapest like the past two days. We haven't had a chance <laughs> yeah. to do that. Is it nice? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> I went to a church. It's kind of cool. Yeah, there's some like churches and caves and stuff. Mm. Some. Up on the mountains. There's a whole world out there, Chris. We're just We've just here. seen hotel and track, and that's it. Are you a good traveler? Do you like, you know, you spent a decent amount of time in Europe this summer. Mm -hmm. or are you, are you a homebody? Like, just. I like traveling. Like, I like setting up shop somewhere. When it's like here, like, I, since I've been here, I feel like I've been living out of my, uh, my suitcase a little bit, and that I don't like. And, but like I was in Belgium for like two and a half, three weeks before coming here, and that was that was pretty nice because I could I could set up, I could put all my clothes out, and then just chill. But like I don't I don't like being on like go go go, so I'll be ready to get home after Zurich. 
I love that you went to Lubin, right? Mm-hmm. What did you think? I thought it was. I thought it was cool. Got we the love job Lubin. done. Yeah, <laughs> it was like Lubin used to be the place that all the Americans would set up camp, and then everyone got really bougie, and now it seems to be going to St. Moritz. <laughs> so I like the fact that you were in Lubin. You got to just spread the word among you know the rest of uh, the current fifteen hundred guys and and say, hey, let's bring it back to Lubin. It's just tradition that we want to see come back. You're not an altitude guy, huh? Oh, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I see an untapped uh, variable right there. But what about double threshold, completely untapped? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know what that is. But... <laughs> I don't get it either. <laughs> I don't see what's all the rage. Uh, I don't know if there's a name for the training we do, but it's unorthodox, but at the same time, like, if someone's going to keep it old school, it's going to be Ben Thomas. And yeah, wait, group. walk me through your warm-up, because I think that's one of the more unique things that your crew does, right? Yeah. Um, so we do, we just pretty much, I don't know if I want to give away everything, but. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, I'll, I'll give a, a, a general understanding is that you're jogging and doing drills and stride. Yeah. It's like you're doing lots of back and forth, no. whereas most people are just like, you go jog. You do a couple strides and you step on the track. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't, no one's going to steal the warm up and get super fast. So. <laughs> but I don't we, think that's the we, difference maker. About jog, jog a half mile, uh, do some drills, jog again, do some drills, and mm-hmm. then like a more of a, a tempo, like 1K. Yeah. And then some In more. 220. <laughs> 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 that's funny though. I actually set a record. Warming up for the final on my fastest 1K. Really? Yeah, yeah, I ran 250, and I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm excited, obviously." Yeah. But usually, I just got, it's like three, three ten. Yeah. <laughs> but I got out hot. <laughs> it's like you knew you were firing. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, 250 it's... feels like 310. You're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Felt all good. Uh, we had our stats and research department look into this. Uh, the 145, 330. 13 minute club and it's uh said Oida, right? He's uh an Augustine Chogi. Those are the only two people who No way. All right. Cole Hawker coming uh, soon. Yeah. Number three. Mo Farah has done it. Uh okay, yeah. Okay, the one I was so that's the eight hundred. Yeah. I was thinking of there's a three K, five K, fifteen. Oh, where like, like ten like people White Man, I think, is mm-hmm. on it. It's like sub three Jacob. Th- or so yeah, sub three thirty, sub thirteen, and sub seven thirty. Yeah, this one's really impressive. Yeah, Nordine Morshelli has like a really impressive range of so someone to chase after. Well, you're gonna do it soon enough because <laughs> I the way you're closing races, there's no way you can't get under one forty five. <laughs> That's how I feel. We, yeah. had, we had we had more doubts around Yarid at the beginning of the season when he went out to California. Which in retrospect was so stupid. Like, why would we be like, we're, I don't know if he can run under 150? <laughs> He's closing races in 146, 147. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what we're talking about. You know that. Never take anything we say <laughs> very seriously. Think of it with a grain of salt. What excites you, I guess, uh, about just kind of like this crop of 1,500 guys? I mean, you, Wascom, Yarid, like that could be the team again next year, but then there's always fighters that Johnny Rigoris. Young bunch. Yeah. You'd never rule out Matt Centritz. <laughs> what I guess like for you, I guess what is the camaraderie like among the three of you? 
It's good. Uh, yeah, I think I, I got to talk to Joe a little bit, and I felt like I was on the other side of feel like I've been in his position. Yeah. Um, You're finally giving other people advice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tables have turned. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I just, I, th- I was able to talk to him about, you know, he's obviously looking at uh, going pro and, or staying at UW and stuff like that. And I, I was, I was there obviously. And just after my sophomore year, and I felt like I had so much more to do at Oregon, but at the same time, um, like I wanted to tell him like, or I did tell him, I just, I think everyone in this sport, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Like that's, that's like my big takeaway from the the whole pro uh, signing all of that. Um, <clears throat> Cause I, there's only so many opportunities in this sport and I have just seen it too many times. Like it sucks uh, if you miss out, out on an opportunity for money, like in this sport. So yeah, I was able to talk to him about that and, um, but yeah, it's exciting. Like, I think it's cool um, having Yard um, pushing USA as well. Um, like, just fast times um, and global contenders. I think that's really cool. And so, yeah, just having a solid team. Because um, staying with Team USA in the hotel, like, realize all the sprints—they're all competing for medals. They're they're competing for gold and. Um, and I'm like, I want, I want the distance to be like that as well. Like, sprints are always going to get medals. Distance, rare. So I, I think having a good group like that is just going to push USA further. Who's like the one, like if people heard, it's like, oh, Cole Hawker is best friends with blank <laughs> from the Team USA, not in the distance events. Like, who's that surprise friend that people are like, oh, they met and like they're, they're good friends now? Mm. Is it Fred? I like Fred. I, I don't know if we're best friends. <laughs> Fred came on here. He couldn't stop talking about you. <laughs> I bet, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. What were his takeaways from the 15, how it played out? <laughs> he he actually does fire off he a couple 1,500 tweets every now and then. Everyone loves the 15. Yeah. How could you not? Yeah. Fred's probably my favorite uh, sprinter uh, right now, especially USA, because um, – yeah, even when I was at Oregon, he'd hit me with like a fire emoji in the DM. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the so, blood emoji. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I, I always appreciate that. <laughs> nice. Well, Cole, we appreciate you taking the time for this. So Zurich and then Diamond League final. Lots of exciting stuff, you know, in your future, not just, you know, this season, but next year as well. And we'll be rooting for you. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me. See you in Paris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir.